Man, this is good stuff. I hope you're excited about Missions Emphasis Month. It's here. My name's Jeff Roberts. I'm the Missions and Outreach Pastor. Uh, if we haven't met, I would love to meet you. And if you have any questions about anything that we've talked about today, anything that's been discussed, well, holler at me. I'll be glad to try to help you with any way I can. Missions trips questions, I can help you with that. But now, I want to introduce to you a really good friend of mine. He started off just being a missionary, you know, just somebody that we supported. Uh, it's funny, the story of how I found him. Uh, I called a, a missionary friend and said, hey, we don't support anybody in Africa. And it just seems to me like you ought to support a missionary in Africa. I don't know why I thought that. Uh, but, but he said, I got the guy for you. He, he's a really good guy, and he's a good missionary. He's doing a great job. Well, uh, we brought him at the first Missions Emphasis Month, and we took him on and began to support him then. And uh, I was fortunate and Lord blessed that I was able to go. Uh, matter of fact, it was Josh, myself, and my son uh, went to visit with him this past summer. And we spent a week with him and his family there. And I can't describe it to you. You have to see it. It's amazing what he's done. And the longevity is what's impressive to me, how long he's been there, what he's committed with his life and his family and his children. And uh, it's just a real honor for me to have him here. And I want you to help me welcome Brother Greg Wagner from Tanzania. Two hundred churches in one year and five hundred before 2020. Now, certainly, there are people here this morning doubting that that's ever going to happen. I mean, good Lord, how in the world is that, you know, going to take place? If you are doubting that, you're in good company this morning. Uh, open your Bibles with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28. Begin reading in verse number 16. The Bible says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain uh, where Jesus had appointed them. And when they had saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. What'd they do? They doubted. Can we get my slides on there that we had loaded this morning? Because that's on there. And uh, Jesus, verse 18, came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now, I don't know how many times... This uh, month, you're going to hear this passage, uh, but it will probably be a lot of times, and that is good. That's okay. Uh, in this idea here, we see the disciples going up on the mountain where Jesus told them to go. They were doing what he said, and the Bible says in their hearts they were doubting uh, something. We don't know exactly what they were doubting. We can suppose uh, maybe they uh, doubted uh, their faith. Maybe they doubted his presence, you know. Maybe they thought it was an enigma when he rose from the dead. There were things going on in their mind. And as Pastor uh, Malcolm got up this morning and shared the 200, 500, it could be you're doubting. Now, here's what Jesus says. He didn't come to them and he did not reprimand them for their doubt. 
He did not accost them and spank them or upbraid them and say, Why are you doubting? I'm standing right here. They didn't do that. He didn't do that. But here's what he did. He said, While you doubt, let me remind you that I have authority. Okay? What kind of power? All power. I have authority. Where? Over heaven, the stars, the planets, everything in orbit, spinning, the elements, all of those gases. I am authoritative over heaven. So anywhere you look, I have authority. Now, you're on a mountain. And you know what else I got authority over? I got authority over the earth. Where you're standing. I'm in charge of that. It's all going to be okay. Chill. Relax. No big deal for me. I spoke it. And it was. I have authority over heaven. And I have authority over earth. And gentlemen, that means I have authority over you. Okay? So when you think about Christ and his infinite power over heaven and earth, do remember that his power is also over you. It's over me, individually, okay, as his children. So he says, let me remind you, I have authority while you doubt. Number two, while you doubt, let me propose to you an assumption, okay, See, a lot of times we read this passage of Scripture and the word go jumps out to us as like that's what he's telling them to do. That's the commanding action. Well, actually, that's not the commanding action. That's more of an assumption Jesus has. And it could be rendered as you are going. Okay? So Jesus says, here's what I know, gentlemen. In your lives, you are going to be moving through space. Now, remember the idea of the space? Space is found in heaven. It's found in earth. And we go through the heaven and the earth. And Jesus says, you will be going through the space over which I have authority. Because I'm the Almighty. So you have space created by me that you're going to go through. That's a given. You woke up this morning. Whether you liked it or not, you woke up. I mean, it's good to wake up. Amen? I mean, I like waking up every day. (laughs) Different times, but I wake up. And I start what? I start going. I start moving. Some of us a little slower than we used to. But hey, nonetheless, you're getting the cart rolling in the right direction, right? God has, Christ has authority over that space in which you're moving. But he also knows that we're going through time. Okay? We see time, you know, we see it compartmentally. Daily, we see it in minutes, hours, days. Okay? Uh, Men, we generally see things in minutes, women, and hours. Okay? It's like, are you ready yet? Are we going to go? Or, you know, my wife one time, she asked me, what time are we leaving? I said, the same time we always leave, whenever you're ready, amen? So, you know, we have have time that God has given us. He's not bound by time, but he created it when he spoke the beginning, let there be light, okay? And he created the heaven and the earth, time started, 
right? When Adam and Eve sinned, we know time, you know, really, it started moving rapidly. So all through the age of time, Jesus has authority over that. So there's none of this thing, well, I wish I would have lived back then. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter much because you were born when you were. <laughs> and you didn't have authority over that, but Jesus did. You know, we long, you know, those folks long for the bygone days. I remember the time. Well, it's good to remember those memories. But, hey, redeem, the Bible says, the time now. And Jesus says, you're going to be going through space that I have authority over. And you're going to be going through time. So you may as well go with energy. And isn't it great that we can have the energy of the gospel of Jesus Christ propelling us through times that sometimes look challenging and hopeless? I appreciate your pastor just sharing with a passion and energy the vision your church has for the gospel. Let that energy infect you to the positive action of getting involved through praying and giving and going so jesus says i have authority while you doubt let me remind you i have authority while you doubt let me propose to you an assumption you're going to be going thirdly this morning while you doubt let me now command you to action so go was not the command it was a given. The command is teach all nations. That is the great commission. That is his command. Make disciples. So he faithfully grants us space, time, and energy. And we are to faithfully go and give making disciples a disciple is a learner it's a student Jesus said come unto me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest come and learn of me for I'm meek and lowly in heart you'll find rest unto your souls a disciple learns of his master a disciple sits under the tutelage of his Lord and becomes like his Lord. That's the aim, that's the purpose of us all. So we make those disciples, we bring them into that knowledge and then baptize them. Now the baptizing here in the second, uh, in, in the reference, it's a secondary command that is linked to the first command. That is, if you're going to make a disciple, you have to baptize them. That is the identification with the Lord. That's the outward uh, proclamation of what happened inwardly when we introduce that person who was a, an outsider to Christ that they then were transformed into being a disciple. Okay, if you're a believer, you're a disciple. A friend of mine asked the question this morning, uh, how many of us uh, want our Christian lives to impact people? And I said, you know what, whether you want to or not, it does. You name the name of Christ, you're a disciple, you're making impact, good, bad, or ugly. Making disciples, baptizing them, and then what did he say? And you just keep teaching. The beat goes on 
and on and on. You keep teaching them. So you got the proclaimer, you got the little, the little setup there uh, with the projector, the Jesus film. Uh, we've shown that around Tanzania uh, in our 33 church plants over 20 years. Uh, we have implemented that. And I can tell you one thing, it's never been as easy or as efficient as it was here this morning. I, mean, I was like, man, they're doing that really quick. I'd have to drive up a truck, hook up a battery, plug it in. Chase, you know, I got little kids running around grabbing wires. It's, it's pandemonium, amen. But it's worth it, right? To proclaim that message. But also in that box, there's a book, right? And then you got a Bible. And that is for the continued. Because, hey, as great as the Jesus film is, you've got to move beyond that. You've got to teach Jesus said them all things now how do you do that how can we go make disciples baptize them and teach them well, let's flip to the next slide in the Ephesians the Bible says he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, how is all of that accomplished? It's accomplished through the beginning and continuing of a local New Testament church. That's how it's done. Okay? The only way to fulfill the Great Commission is to start a church among a group of people who need to learn of Christ and grow in his grace. Without a church, it does not happen. See, So that's why 200, 500 is being presented. Because a church is what every village needs. Out, people talk about a, a fresh drink of water. Yeah, it's needed all over Africa. But you know what? It's secondary to the primary need of eternal salvation and edifying that person in Christ, building them up. So when doubt surfaced in the presence of the congregation, it was squelched by the presence of Christ. If you're here in the presence of this church and you're doubting what's going to happen over the next few years, let Christ appear to you. And you know what? Man, that just, whoa, blankets everything. And all things then become possible. Christ is my changeless core who gives me concentration and confidence to continue in kingdom advances even when there are changes in my environment. Five quick ways now that we can apply this to our lives. First, what does this mean to me eternally? When I doubt Christ and his presence comes, what does this mean to me? I will recognize the security of my confession which yields the hope of heaven and gives me endurance. 2020, a couple years away. Carry on. Follow through. Finish the job. What does it mean to me nationally? I will not allow the flux of political chaos frustrate my relationship with others, especially my fellow believers. Why? Because Christ is in me and he never changes. All right? What's it mean to me ecclesiastically? I will find my niche in the discipleship process of my church and use my energy for God's glory to bring others into the maturation march with me. What's our personal goal? To be like Christ. What's our goal as a church? To be unified. And we all march that. 
So what about domestically? And we look, look good coming into church, right? Sunday, what about when you get in the car? What about, you know, when the things break down at the house or something needs to be done or somebody gets a bad grade or whatever, you know? I will model biblical conduct and conversation within my home, choosing to speak well with and about the ones I really love the most. Because sometimes the ones we really love the most are the ones we really hurt the worst. What's it mean to me personally? I will strive to listen to the voice of God and obey Him when addressed with the needs of others. 200 500, you're hearing it personally. How are you going to be involved to make it happen? If you're doubting, Jesus can divinely deal with that doubt and squelch it. Cut me on. There we go. Every head bowed and every eye closed for just a minute. Is the clock up there? Because I want to. Where are we at with the clock? We good? We good? Here's, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. Unbelievable. You did a great job. You, you're a whole lot better than me because I always mess that up with the clock. So, anyway, uh, here, here's what I want to do. I, I want to start our missions month with prayer. So, I want to I invite everyone that will. If you're concerned, if you're concerned about the souls of men, I want you to find a place in this altar right now. We're, it's going to be a little different invitation. If you need to get saved, we'll have somebody here. We'll have somebody here as soon as the service is over. We'll have somebody here with, with their Bible that will be able to take you and show you how to be saved. If you need to, we, we, will, we will share that with you. We will invite you. But I want everybody that will. Everybody that will. Come on, I need more people than that. Church, let's go. We've got, we've got, this is, this is, this is important. This is our emphasis this year. I want you to come and help us pray. Help us pray for a burden. Help us pray that God will touch people. Help us pray that God will you. It, it doesn't matter. We could raise a million dollars. We could raise a million dollars, but if God doesn't touch it, it's worthless. Let's pray that God will touch. Come on, that's it. Find a place in this altar. I want you to pray that God will touch you. I want you to pray that God will touch you and give you a burden. Maybe God wants you to go. Maybe God wants you to be the missionary in Tanzania. Maybe God wants you to take a step of faith and use it for His glory. That's it. Let's pray. Just ask God His will be done. That's all we want. That's all we want this month is for His will to be done. His will to be done. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we are so grateful for your love and your mercy. We're so grateful that we have a place here in Coleman, that we can come and, and enter in when it's storming.